All right, guys. How'd it go? Were you guys over with the with Matt and them? Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. So as you guys kind of know, some of them are going to be really interactive. Some of them are going to be instructive. But I want you guys to kind of uh, interact here. With, if you have questions about what we're talking about, if you had an experience, if you have a, another question about, hey, what would you what would you think about this? You guys need some of these. Oh, great. That's even better. Great. On your slip, on the first, on the front side, you have Roman Catholicism. On the back side, you have Mormonism. Sorry, I printed it wrong, so you flip it up and down. But um, that's what we're going to be studying here. How, how do we talk with with a Catholic? How do we talk with a Mormon? Those are two people groups, two uh, religions, I guess you could say that that you're going to interact with basically for the rest of your life if you're going to continue to live here in America. Pretty much. But before we get into it, I know most of you, some of you I don't know, but my name is Rick Haluska. Uh, I was um, saved at Bozeman, at MSU Bozeman. Uh, Joe Schreibeis led me through a, a Bible study through the Gospel of John. And uh, I wasn't a Christian. I got saved that following fall. Got to do a lot of ministry with Athletes in Action. Did uh, a lot with leadership in Cross Life a couple years ago. And my wife and I, my wife Julie and I, we now live over in Billings, and I work as a pastoral intern over there, uh, pursuing my master's in biblical studies. Um, but uh, that's just a little bit about me. But one of the reasons why I chose to do this, not only because you guys are going to interact with Catholics and Mormon basically for the rest of your life, but I actually grew up Catholic. And uh, so growing up Catholic, I didn't, it wasn't as if I followed it strictly to it, but I knew enough that... Uh, I knew enough to know that I didn't really know much, if that makes sense. And so when I got to college, I started, I was going to crew, I was going to church, uh, but I was going to mass at the same time. I didn't really understand the difference. And uh, that fall that I'd gotten saved, I really started up. It was because I started to read the Word. I started to figure out, hey, there's something different here. What's, what's the difference? And the Lord opened up my eyes to the truth of the gospel, and uh, it's been history since. But, um, yeah, I want to talk today about uh, Catholicism, and we're going to get into that right now. So, on the front part, you can kind of see the layout of these little things. It says preliminary matters, you've got a primary issue, other heresies, common arguments, stay on guard, resources. But I, I want this to just kind of be a resource for you to have. Like, if you're going to say, boy, what, what were we talking about? I, I'm going to end up meeting with a Catholic gal next week. I'm going to up, meet up with one of those Mormon missionaries next week. Let's run through this again, just real brief. I hope this will be helpful to you, but... We're going to start with the preliminary matters. First thing it says, don't assume that all Catholics are Catholic. What do I mean by that? What do you guys think? A lot of people just claim Catholicism. It's kind of like, well, my family's Catholic, so I claim to be Catholic. They don't follow the sacraments or go to Mass. Exactly. Exactly. And for the most part, the people that you guys interact with on campus, I can think especially of the freshmen. I would, uh, as I would talk to them in the dorms and stuff, you talk to them, hey, what do you think about God? Oh, I'm Catholic. It's like, I never even asked you. If you're, I never, all, they just told me they're Catholic. And that's their identity. And it's because that's what they've been taught. Most, some kids who've even gone to a Catholic school, I, I wouldn't even say are, are strong Catholics in that sense. But not all Catholics are Catholic. So my point is, don't get into a conversation where somebody says, you know, you start like a spiritual conversation, you find out that they're Catholic. Don't all of a sudden say, Okay, they're worshiping Mary. They they're, uh, they believe in papal infallibility. They're probably trusting in taking communion all the time. They got baptized when they're infants. Don't don't slap that on people, right? <laughs> just because they say they're Catholic. 
one of the most important things you can do in evangelism is, is to listen. And so if somebody tells you that they're Catholic, let that serve as a foundation. So you say, okay, they probably know a little bit about Jesus. They maybe know a little bit about Scripture. That's what I'm thinking as they're talking. I'm going to ask questions that reveal more. Because sometimes you'll come and, and they'll say, hey, I'm Catholic. And as you get more and more into the conversation, you'll find out that they believe all religions are okay. And uh, Jesus is actually just one of, you know, one of them. That's not Catholicism. That's uh, relativism, right? So that's a, that's a different thing. So my point is, don't just slap all of this, man, this caricature, you know, kind of the caricatures of they were worshiping Mary, they were worshiping the Pope, all these things. Listen to them well and, and use that as a foundation. But know this. I, I want to equip you both to talk to the person who says they're Catholic uh, and really uh, is not, as well as to the person who studied and uh, who, who could be a very difficult conversation for you if you're not ready. And it could be difficult uh, even just for your own personal faith. As you, you know, you guys have had those conversations. You kind of get shook a little bit. You kind of rocked. And uh, I can remember one of the main issues, one of the main times in my life, I had to come face to face with whether or not the Apocrypha should be included in the Bible. That's, we'll talk a little bit about it. But I knew that if, if the Word of God included that, I, could, I had to be Catholic. Right? If I was to ask you guys, why, why are you not Catholic, what would you tell me? Most likely, it's a caricature. I don't worship the Pope. I don't worship Mary. I don't pray to saints. I don't believe in baptism you know, when I was an infant. I, those would be the reasons. But, but drop the caricatures and get to the heart. And that's why I want to show you the primary issue to address. Get right to the issue. If you know it, get to the issue. So you see, the primary issue is what? Justification by faith alone. Justification by faith alone. This is central, core Christianity. If you do not have this, you do not have Christianity. If you don't believe this, you are unorthodox in your doctrine, and you have separated yourself from the church, which Catholicism has done. Justification by faith alone is the issue that you want to get into with a Catholic. And I'll tell you why. Justification is what? What does it mean to be justified? What is it? You're declared righteous before God. Oh, here we go. One word, I'm telling you, one word, one letter changes doctrines. You, you can lose your salvation on a letter. <laughs> this one could be in a word. I'm not, I, the word justified is that, yes, there is in a sense I'm made righteous, but I am declared righteous. Okay? Versus made righteous. There's a, there's a big difference. What's the difference? Are you guys hot? Did you say that? I'm really hot. I don't know why I'm this. I just turn it down. Have a little laugh. Um, if it's neighboring, just it's something you're working towards and something you're doing, you're declared, you're being declared by God. Yes, thank you. Justification by faith alone is the biblical doctrine. Second Corinthians 5.21, right? He who knew no sin, came sin so that we might become uh, all those different things. Let's say Phil is the sinner and I'm God. This is how, a, this is how the biblical... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Guilty. Don't cut that. <laughs> I'm, if Phil is the sinner and he is repentant, trusting in Jesus, I now view Phil through Jesus' righteousness. I view him through Christ. So I now see Phil as righteous as Jesus was righteous, as perfect as Jesus was perfect. Jesus fulfilled the law with his life. Therefore, when we place our faith in him, he imputes our righteousness to us, right? Because our sin was imputed to him. That's what God crushed him for. 
So as God, I see him. I, Phil is declared righteous. He's at the same time a saint and a sinner. Because he is, he is holy, yet if you were to watch him practically, he's not. His, his standing before me is perfect, righteous. He's like Jesus. Yet his practice still has some work to do, right? <laughs> Quite a bit, from what I've seen of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the biblical doctrine. Catholicism, what happens? Catholicism gets justification mixed up with sanctification. It crosses them up. So what it says is now, God no longer views them through the righteousness of Jesus. But in order to be justified, they have to become righteous. That's why, that's why righteousness imputed is biblical. Righteousness infused or, or brought about in you so that you are actually like made physically righteous. That's, that's, that's the dividing line amongst uh, biblical theology and Catholic theology. Does that make sense? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Great. So that is the primary issue. Um, okay. You know, question. <coughs> Turn to Galatians 2.16. Real quick, and I want to show you, this is a, just an excellent text of why and how the Bible teaches that we are justified by faith alone. What's, what's happening in, uh, in Galatia? What's the, what's the historic scenario? The Judaizers came Judaizers, who are the Judaizers? People that added works to the law, or works to the Christ. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so the Judaizers said, you must believe in Jesus. Oh, but you also have to keep the works of the law. That's ex- that is a, that is a, Catholicism has adopted that view. You must believe in Jesus, but you also have to go plus. So justification by faith alone versus justification plus anything. You name it. But scripture is absolutely clear. This text says this three times. So if any, if you're talking with a Catholic and you want to get to the point Take them to Galatians 2.16 and ask them this question. But not maybe don't ask them this question, but show them this verse. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. One, that's pretty clear, right? Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Two, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. Three, Paul just said in... (laughs) The same thing, three different ways. Totally emphasizing, listen, you can't do anything. Uh, you can't do your works of the law. It's only by faith. It has to be entrusting in Jesus' righteousness and Jesus' substitution on your behalf, not you becoming righteous in order to be justified. Does that make sense? So you guys know, so if I was to say, biblical, biblical salvation is you're justified and you're ultimately sanctified until glory, right? Catholicism flips it. You become righteous, you become righteous, you become righteous until ultimately you reach the standard that God has set. Does anybody know what Matthew 5, 48 says? It's the standard of God. Close. That's a little, it's, it's a, even a little bit, maybe a little bit stronger. You <laughs> Therefore, you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So, accordingly, you have to attain to perfection. See that? As a, as a Christian, I am perfect because I've now been given Jesus' righteousness on my behalf. My account says fully perfect because of what Jesus has done for me. It's a righteousness outside of me. Catholics would say it's the righteousness within me 
that I have to earn and earn and earn and earn until I get justified. So what happens, tell me this, what happens when a Catholic, right, they're growing, they're becoming righteous, and they die? Where, where does Catholicism say they go? Purgatory. Purgatory, Purgatory is supposedly a, a place where your sins, the remaining sin, is purged away so that you actually are welcomed into the, the presence of God. So until you are finally like, able to go to heaven. And what happens is you have something called a treasury of merit. Treasury of merit. So you know how they pray to saints often. Right? They kind of revere them that these were the, the real holy ones, the hagias, <laughs> these super holy people. What Catholicism says is that those people were so righteous that when they died, they actually had leftovers. So we take the leftovers, we throw them into this ethereal treasury of merit, which the Pope has access to, and which when people offer a mass, they can get to. And so the people who are in purgatory, what do they need? They need merit. They need merit to get justified and ultimately get into heaven. So what they do is they offer masses for them. They say prayers for them. They say uh, rosaries for them. You do all these different things. And it's trying to grab the treasury of merit and give it to these people down in purgatory so that they ultimately are accepted by God. See how absurd that is? Maybe how unbiblical that is? No way. There's no way. We are justified by faith alone. And I'll tell you what. You see on that side it says stay on guard. Stay on guard. There are, there's a movement of people that say Catholics and evangelicals should, just, they should worship together. We both love Jesus. Uh, we both believe in the Trinity. You know, you've got some of these fundamental doctrines. We should just be together. There's something in the 90s called the it was 80s, 90s, uh, evangelicals and Catholics together. And it was a movement of trying to get that back. That would be to, to totally disregard any of the Reformation. Men and, men and women died so that justification by faith alone would stand. I'm serious. We don't think it's that big of an issue. Justification by faith alone is the primary issue. And so if you're going to talk with a Catholic, if you're going to talk with a Catholic, you need to get there. You need to get there. And I'll also say at the same time, if you're just going to talk with like the freshman at your dorms, you sit down with him at the table, and he says he's Catholic, where do you need to go? Where do you need to take him to? Go to the same thing. <laughs> he probably thinks that he can earn his righteousness, Right? Well, I'll, I'll talk about that tonight a little bit, but, but the reality is that most people think they're good enough to get to heaven, whether they say they're Catholic, different religion, whatnot. But the fact is, we cannot worship together because the, the gospel is not the same. People are not justified uh, in, in this way and in this way. It is by faith alone. And you cannot move on that. Now, let me qualify all this, and let me say this. I, I would say that and I would believe that I think there are true believers who attend Catholic churches in America, I would say. For the most part, American Catholicism is not looking like Rome's Catholicism or like Europe's Catholicism. It's very strict over there. Not a whole lot here. You might get some different areas where it's real strict, but for the most part, it's not. Now, I, I say that with hesitancy because that is probably the exception, not the rule. But I would say that if somebody believes that Jesus is their Savior... Uh, clings to the authority of the word, is not believing that their baptism impacts their salvation, is not clinging to any sort of getting righteous by, by eating uh, um, the Eucharist, anything like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, would, I would obviously want to know them a little bit more, but I, I, I wouldn't totally denounce every single person who's in the Catholic Church. So I just want to say that to qualify it. 
because uh, I think there can be true believers in there. Lord willing, they'll be drawn out, but I just want to make that clear. Um, my point is on this, guys, you can talk about the sacraments, you can talk about the papacy, you can talk about Mary, all those things, but talking about the papacy and talking about Mary and talking about the Eucharist will not save a person. Okay? Get to the, get to the jugular. Cut the jugular. Get the justification by <laughs> You get out there and you cut the jugular. Right? You get out there and you do this. All right. We are fired up. We are really fired up. <laughs> I'm not saying literally cut their jugular. I didn't say okay, flip it to the other side. We've only got, got a couple minutes left, but... Mormonism. Have any guys? Have you guys had many interactions with Mormons? Yes. Yeah. You get a lot of them on campus. Maybe they come to, come to my come house, house all the time. time. Yeah. Julie and I moved to Billings and, for the first time ever, realized like that people go door to door in a lot of places and like sell things. They come and do the, you know, give their pitch for why they should be the uh, the district representative or whatnot. But we get Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons all the time. And I've had uh, some Mormon. I've gotten to visit with some Mormons on, on some good occasions. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. But one of the things I want to exhort you to on the preliminary matters, right, control the conversation. Control the conversation. Mormons show up with a little booklet. They'll take you through and they say, look at Jesus. Doesn't he? I'm serious. I've, I've read that. I'm serious. They use, they use tactics like that. And obviously it's a, a Caucasian Jesus in it, which is wrong. But nonetheless, <laughs> they're showing you this. And, and they've got a whole spiel put together, which is totally wrong. But they've got a spiel ready. Don't let them control the conversation. Set the agenda. Take it. No, they, most likely they'll want to pray with you. Don't, pr- don't pray with them. Tell, them. tell them, well, I'll pray, but you know, if it's all right, I'll, I'd like to pray. Uh, and if they don't want to, then don't pray. Just hopefully you're prayed up by then. Right, you're ready for it. Pray there. Pray like Nehemiah. Lord, help me. All right. Let's do, <laughs> let's do the thing. Let's do the thing. So, do, control the conversation, and at the same time, don't give the impression that, that they're Christians. More, one of Mormonism's biggest tactics is to almost try to convince Christians that they are Christians. No, you're outside of orthodoxy. You're not a Christian. You're outside of, historic, of the historic faith. So, Set the agenda. Don't give the impression they're Christians. And go for their jugular, on this one, of the person in the work of Jesus. That's where you need to get to. Who is Jesus? What did he do? Hit on the atonement. Uh, as you go to those texts, you see that John 1, 1 through 3, right? He, he, he is the eternal God. He's the eternal God made flesh, right? He still is God. He always was God. He always will be God, um, Colossians 1, that's great. Ephesians 2. You go to Ephesians 2, and it's by grace alone, through faith, right? All those things. What Mormonism says is that salvation, and it says it in one of their books, that salvation is, uh, it either says by grace alone or by grace alone and through faith alone, after all that you have done. See that little tag? <laughs> after all that you have done. Six words, just damned your soul to hell. Seriously. Because you just added to the work of Jesus Christ. And you just said that Jesus wasn't sufficient for your salvation. You just stepped outside of orthodoxy. And you just showed yourself to not be a true Christian. So, friend, I'm serious. They, they, they want to talk Christianese, too. And that's what you need to be aware of. As you get into the atonement, know that they're going to call themselves Christians. They're going to say Jesus is their Lord and Savior. They're going to talk about the Trinity, which they're wrong. Um, 
On the Trinity, I've got that on a secondary issue. That's something else to hit on. Uh, they, they are not Christian based upon the letter O. In a word, homoousios. Same substance versus similar substance. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. In orthodoxy, historic Christian faith, homoousios. The O. Same substance. They are all God. Mormonism, not homoousios. Drop that. Similar substance. Not the same. So they therefore, they, they, they make the Trinity three gods. Does that make sense? That's outside of orthodoxy. That is not Christianity. Therefore, they've, they've proven themselves to not be there. Matthew 28, 19 is great. That's a one text if you want to show them. It says that the, it's, you're baptized in one name, in the name. I think Tanner talked about that a little while ago. Didn't he? A couple messages ago. Mm-hmm. Baptized in the name. Right? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, you can, you'll hear, you know, right? You've got the potential for Godhood, all those things. Proxy baptism for the dead. Um, you've got some weird things going on. It certainly is a cult. But uh, love them well and get to the heart of the issue and, and get, to, get to the personal work of Jesus Christ. Which one? Potential for Godhood would say that we, Mormons believe that we were existing, we were pre existent before we took on the flesh. We are now, uh, we are spirits in a body that will eventually go on for all eternity. We have the potential to become a God of our own planets. Um, the Father has flesh and blood. So that's a denial of that God is spirit. Right? It says it pretty clearly. Um, but you've got that potential for Godhood at, throughout life. Uh, one of the things, too, a lot of Mormons, what do you see them do? They get married real quick, right? That, that oh, where was it? I'm trying to remember. I don't want to say something wrong on it. Maybe I should just stay shut. But the, I, be, I had heard it one time. Don't, maybe don't quote me on this, but some, put it in your bag. Uh, the, the hus- there are a lot of Mormon women who absolutely struggle with um, just like depression and falling short because the standard is set so high. Because, because for them, if, if their husband was to die first, I believe, only he could allow them to come in. Something, there's some sort of doctrine where it's like, oh, if a wife isn't pleasing to her husband like that in the next life, he won't. He won't willfully bring her in. There's something like that. So it's, it's crazy, but family is very important to them. And they've got a lot of great things on the family. I think we should, there's part of me that says we should learn from them on emphasizing the family. You know, a unit that is focused on Christ. Not that they're focused on Christ, but, but that's what they're thinking they're doing. But uh, nevertheless, Jesus says that marriage will basically be done, just like the angels, right? So it doesn't continue on. And then the baptism for the dead. Um, I have a brother and sister who are in my youth group, and their mom is was hardcore Mormon, and uh, has since gotten saved and whatnot. But uh, I was talking with the dad one time, and he said that she, she told they would go to the temple, and they would just hand them a list of all these people, just everybody, all these people who had died. And what they do is they'd say the name and baptize you and get up. Say the next name, you'd get baptized. Next name, baptized. And it's believing that that is helping them get into, 
you know, they've got the three heavens, so I don't, I don't technically know exactly what they're talking about with the proxy, where it goes after that. But for sure, it's helping somebody who's already died get in somewhere. Does that make sense? Do you guys have any questions on Mormonism or Catholicism or like something? Uh, sort of. Well, sure. I'm just, I'm kind of confused, I guess, because there's like a Christian Reformed Church that I know about, and they like hold on to a lot of like the Catholicism, just things that they do, like baptizing babies, but they're at the same time calling themselves Christians. Yep. But I... Yep, great. So mo- most... Um, Reformed churches, so if you're going to grace or something, most part, you're reformed in most of your doctrine. It's saying it's going back to the Reformation saying, hey, we're not Catholic in our doctrine, we're reformed in our doctrine. Uh, one of the things that, that people get mixed up in their, in their hermeneutics and how they study is ultimately allows them to see that we can baptize a baby. But like, let's say you go to a Presbyterian church and they baptize an infant versus Catholicism and they baptize an infant. What Catholicism says is that when you baptize that infant, they're, they're cleansed of original sin. Presbyterians and Paedo-Baptists, that's a, that's a person who baptizes a baby, Paedo-Baptist, as opposed to a Baptist who says, we baptize believers. That's the difference. But Catholicism says they're cleansed of original sin, which is absolutely wrong. And then you've just got maybe another group who's reformed, they're true Christians, but they would baptize a baby saying, hey, we're going to see them as part of in our covenant family. And we want to welcome them. We want to show that they are being raised under the people of God. That's kind of their goal for it. So it's different motives in a lot. Same practice, different motives. But, yeah. Uh, for a Catholic, if they, I guess, they say they believe in the in purgatory. And so then, like, and essentially they're saying that when Jesus said it's finished, and that's not good enough for them. Yep. So yep. What would, like, if you told them that, what would be their response? If I told them that purgatory shows that they... Christ's work is not sufficient to deal with sin once and for all. That's what I would tell them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd wait for their response. Yeah, well, Two minutes. Thanks. Do you know what would they say? Um, it depends on if they're holding to purgatory, really, or if they're not. I'm, um, sometimes they might say that like purgatory isn't doing what we're saying it's doing, but they're, yeah, not, yeah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what their response would be, but if anything, I would just continue to point back to the cross and say, hey, Jesus' work was either sufficient or it's not sufficient, and the Bible says it is, and you're saying that it's not, so you, we have a problem, you know, that's something. And I want to encourage you guys, too, like, some of these can, we can get real passionate about like false teachers and all these things. Like, be passionate, but man, be gracious and be sensitive. Love them well. Yeah, seriously, love them well. Care for them. Uh, listen to them well. Let them articulate why they believe what they believe. Don't don't just don't try to fix them. Give them the gospel and and allow the Lord to do the work. Give them the word. Let the word be sufficient in your evangelism. Preach the truth. Give them the message of Christ. Pointing to justification by faith alone. Explain. Be ready to explain justification by faith alone. And one of the things, I'm glad that you mentioned this. <laughs> Nobody mentioned it, but I thought it. Uh, <laughs> I'm really glad that you guys stirred my thoughts. I'm glad. Be, be ready to explain to a person who isn't Catholic what Catholicism believes. And do it graciously, but say, hey, can I tell you, can I tell you what 
you know, I would say, do you believe in justified by faith alone? And, uh, are you believing in something else? You know, all these things. Can I tell you what, what Catholic doctrine actually says? This is what it says. It says that you need to become righteous. But what the Bible says is that, that Jesus gives us his righteousness on our account. And we're saved because of a, of a righteousness outside of us, not within us. Have you ever heard that? You know, like, ask them. Did, did you know that that's what Catholicism teaches? And, and just try to stir their thoughts. Get them, get them thinking about, boy, I'm not really sure that this is, is biblical. This is the truth. So, yeah, any other questions? Do you have any thoughts? Um, I would say on the Catholicism issue, no James 2. Right, James 2. Got the same word as in Romans. I'm just going to give you real quick. Justified, declared righteous. By uh, Paul says that Abraham was done, Abraham was made righteous that way. So are we. That's his argument in Romans. Over in James 2, same word as justified. Right, same word as justified. Different context. If I was to tell you that I went over to the gym and had a sweet dunk, you guys probably wouldn't think that I took a donut and put it in my coffee, which. No, you'd know that I was like, I jammed on that. It was because my dunk, in the context, right? In the context, my dunk was a basketball. It was not a donut. Right? Same thing, justified. Same word, different context. He's talking about being declared righteous. He's talking about your faith will prove that your faith is, uh, your works will prove that your faith is real. Know those arguments, because that's where they'll go to. James 2 says faith always is good. Great. Thanks, guys.